Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. All right, good morning. And welcome to Fantasy Sports Today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galina, joined as always on Sundays by my buddy uh, George Kurtz. It's uh, ugly out here <laughs> in the Northeast, rainy, cold. Good day to just uh, hang out in bed and listen to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network all day. But you like, you know, it's like that song says, you know, I've got, uh, you know, the, what's that song about? Well, you know, it's, it's a cloudy day, but at least I got, you know, George Kurtz with me to uh, uh, spend the next few hours with. And good to talk to George. George, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, good to see that Met game finally ended with like 18 innings last night. Yeah, as, you yes. as you mentioned, uh, it is a gloomy day. The Yankees actually, they, they moved their game time today. They uh, We knew about that this yesterday. Yeah. They moved their game time from one to four. And I, Joe, you never see that. You right, never right, see right, during right. the middle of the series teams move a game time. It lets you know how bad they expected the weather to be today. And even with the move, man... Uh, I obviously they're going to try and get the game in because uh, I'm guessing I didn't check the schedule, but I'm guessing Minnesota does not come back to New York this season. But uh, mm-hmm. it's still going to be rough to get some of these games in in the Northeast. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, it's been you know a, a, basically a cool a start to the baseball season. It, it just happens every year, right? And then I don't know if that's uh, part of the uh, contributing factor to so many players going on the IL, and we got some fairly large names to talk about uh, that went on the IL since yesterday. So uh, we're going to break down uh, what happened yesterday in Major League Baseball, uh, sneak in a little uh, chat about a little NFL talk. Maybe we'll talk a little AFC East. Maybe we'll break down a a division uh, per week. But uh, now that the uh, draft is uh, is done and the smoke is kind of cleared and we've got a Decent idea of what teams might look like, but still, you know, still a lot of time before the camps open. And, uh, you know, but uh, big story, and we usually don't cover this, but it has to be spoken about, George, is, is the, the Kentucky Derby. So, so yesterday, I'm at a family party. Beautiful little girl received her first Holy Communion, and it was a beautiful house party, and uh, we're hanging out, and, uh, you know, after a while, the, the, we get to the couch and start to watch the the, the, the pre uh, coverage of, of the derby and uh, you know so, so wife gives me a look like you know whenever you want to go I said okay you know she, but you know I've invested an hour and a half in the uh, the pre derby coverage I'm not gonna leave until the the, 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 the race is over <laughs> I actually like I don't really follow horse racing George but I like the main you know, the main events you know it's just a, a, a lot of fun to watch but uh, so you know we watch it and of course maximum security originally wins and then you know we go home and then I 
like 25 minutes later, all of a sudden you get this notification. They were disqualified for interference. 65 to 1 underdog country house declared the winner. Uh, uh, this is, uh, I think this is the first time in uh, Kentucky Derby history that uh, the winner has been disqualified for interference. Oh, you're right about that. Now, I'm not a, a horse racing guy either. You know, Cam and I mm-hmm. talked about the, uh, the Derby yesterday on uh, Weekend Fantasy Update. He, uh, he had me pick a, a winner here, and I purely went by names. Right? And I actually uh-huh. picked uh, – actually, I think uh, one of the names I picked, I think I picked three, was uh, what would have been the winner. It was a maximum overdrive it was. The game winner was the other one. I forget, uh, a will to war or something like that was another <laughs> one that I picked. So uh, that being said, I did not watch the Derby. But when I heard about the dis- disqualification, same thing as you, I think it was the first time ever. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I, 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 saw, I saw replays of it on uh, Sports Center, whatever it is. Now, I said, I am not a horse racing guy. Yes, I grew up in Elmont, which is really close to Belmont racetrack, obviously. But I think I've been to Belmont maybe three, four times in my life. I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert at all. I, I couldn't care less about horse racing. But that being said, from reading the rules and seeing what happened, it looks like they followed the letter of the rule. The mm-hmm. letter of the law, uh, a technicality where the horse did cut off, uh, bump into two other horses. It did. I, mm-hmm. I think it's hard to. I think it's hard to deny that when you look at the replays. Uh, that being said, I don't know if this has happened before, and they didn't call it, and today they did. Right, call it. right, right. You know, that, well, that, that's what, where your argument is. Right. From what I understand, and uh, I'm sure that you'll cover this in a lot more detail on Weekend Fantasy Update with Cam Stewart uh, after our show, is that the the jockey Flavian Pratt was the one who originally said, hey, you know, I, I was fouled. And then that caused, the, uh, I guess, the team, uh, the, the country house team, to put an objection in. And like I said, from what I read, because I was driving after the, after the uh, you know, the derby was over, thinking, hey, you know, I, I watched it. It was fun. Whatever. But it took them uh, 25 minutes to reverse that decision. So they really, uh, you know, I guess were very carefully watched over all the uh, the footage and whatnot. But uh, so this jockey Flavian Pratt won his first derby. Uh, Hall of Fame trainer Bill Mott, 65-year-old guy, won his first derby. So a nice little story. But the the, the story is going to be, and I'm sure that you and Cam will cover this, is just the, 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 the effect on uh, the money effect, right? So uh, Maximum Security was one of the favorites, if not the favorite. Uh, six point two million was bet on him, and just uh, five hundred twenty thousand nine hundred seven was bet on Country House. That's uh, uh, so you know the, the implications there are pretty pretty large. And uh, the Country House now as the winner, uh, second longest odds ever of any Kentucky Derby winner, like sixty five to one. Uh, Dunrail. Won the Derby in 1930, uh, 1913, George, uh, when you were a little bit bitty baby. Uh, and he was a 91. Yeah, I didn't see that underdog. one. <laughs> you didn't see that one. You didn't see this one. <laughs> no mint juleps. <laughs> no fancy hat on you yesterday. But he was a, a Dunrail was a 91 to 1 underdog. So uh, so just interesting stuff. So, uh, you know, and I saw uh, Gabe tweeting out about, you know, the, 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 uh, People going nuts over. I guess I don't know if he was at the uh, the, the uh, betting house in, in Jersey. So I, I, you'll talk about that with him. But uh, interesting stuff there. It's always interesting when something happens for the first time, you know, especially if it's the 145th race. <laughs> well, that's going to be the issue there. You know, yeah. that, uh, like I said, I don't know. Well, it's not like, we, not like football, baseball, hockey, where I would know because I cover it. I don't, it hasn't happened before, and they didn't call it. You know, that sort of thing here. Why was right, this right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, why they allow I mean, like I said, not being a horse racing guy, just from mm-hmm. watching the, this, and this might be the only horses I've ever seen. 
You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's not true, but pretty, you get my point. It yeah, looks yeah. like they they follow the the rule. They follow the letter of the law rule. You know, mm-hmm. so I can't. I don't know how you can argue this. And oh, we'll go to court, and well, you'll lose. Right, it's right. pretty. It's pretty simple. They follow the letter of the law. You'll lose. And of course, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. But anyway, it's like that. Like that interference play. They're not going to want to hear it, unless you're going to prove cheating somewhere where there's not. You know, right. you're not going to be able to prove that. So I know well, people who are complaining. I don't see what your complaint is, other than the right. fact that has it happened before and they haven't called it. It hasn't happened have quite to... a few times before. And it, right. That's right, what it would right. have to be. It happened 10 times before, and they always let it go. And why did they call it this time? That would be your argument there, and good luck with that. Right, right. And uh, maybe kudos, like I said, to the jockey, who's the one that first said, hey, you know, I was fouled. And then, then that led the team to, uh, to to file the objection. So uh, I guess more, more stuff will come out. Uh, within the next day or so. But uh, let's uh, get started. We're going to break down a lot of, uh, as, as many of these uh, box scores uh, from uh, Major League Baseball as we can. Uh, lots of news to cover. Like I said, uh, injury news as well. Start with the Pirates. Pirates beating the A's 6-4. to four. Yeah, Yesterday, uh, notable performances on the A side. Matt Chapman, 2-4. Uh, two, uh, two runs scored now batting 306. Uh, Chris Davis, 2-4. Two for four. Uh, he had uh, two runs batted in as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, got on the uh, Pirates side. Uh, let's see. Uh, Josh Bell had two home runs yesterday. Two for four, three runs batted in, batting 291. Brian Reynolds, two for three, batting 417 now. Uh, Brian Reynolds, interesting guy to watch. I don't know if you, if, if you like this guy or not, George. Uh, 24-year-old outfielder putting up some numbers uh, in the minor leagues. Had a 312, 373, 472 uh, triple slash. You got to love his uh, on-base percentage skills and batting average. But when I looked at his uh, isolated power numbers in the minor leagues, nothing much to love there. Uh, at the same time, this guy's 6'3", 205, and uh, 58.6 hard hit rate so far this year. So uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Brian Reynolds. Not a prospect, you know, mm-hmm. so you, you're really not worried about Brian Reynolds. It's a nice little hot streak. You want to claim him for that, fine, but you'll be getting rid of him in a week or two. Uh, mm-hmm. So, no, not really. Keep in mind, it's not, Pittsburgh also not a great hitter's ballpark. It's a pitcher's ballpark, so that'll right. keep down his value as well. Uh, pretty much with anybody in the minor leagues, unless you're playing in the Pacific Coast League, power numbers are generally down. They don't, they're not, they don't look the same. Now, this mm-hmm. year that's a little different. Yeah, this year my, my uh, league baseball is using the same balls that Major League Baseball uses, and we all know those are juiced. You know, right. or if they're not juiced, yeah. they they're just made much better nowadays. Which that also could be true, by the way. You know, manufacture mm-hmm. everything's made nowadays, but they're certainly tighter, and the balls are mm-hmm. going further. You know, so minor, the minor league, even minor league power numbers are up as well. So we mm-hmm. need to take that into account when we look at these stats because it's not. You know, you can read these stats from ten years ago; they're gonna look. Like, oh, my God, everybody's hitting for power now. And it's true. Mm-hmm. Everybody is. You know, maybe, maybe this launch angle in the, uh, in the minor leagues as well. So keep that in mind. But as for uh, Brian Reynolds, he is what he is. Like I said, he, uh, mm-hmm. you want to claim him now because he's hitting well? He's hit well in the past. I mean, this is mm-hmm. not all that shocking. He's hit over 300 every year in the minors, but he's not considered yeah. a major prospect. So that's right. really where you're going with here. Not considered a major prospect. Doesn't have a lot of speed. You know, my, my league power numbers tell you he's not a power guy. So it's that average you're really going for here. And right. can he do enough damage in that category to really make him worth a worthwhile investment? Mm. In a rotisserie league, probably not head-to-head. Sure, I think for now, until he cools down, he may be able to help you in, in that category if that's a category you struggle in. That's average. Right, right. 
Right. And a great point with, uh, you know, about the minor league uh, using the uh, major league balls. So I actually uh, went over this a little bit uh, with uh, Mike Blewett on yesterday's FST show. So I have some numbers from uh, AAA's International League. So uh, this season they use the uh, Major League Baseballs that are manufactured in Costa Rica. And when you compare last year's numbers to this year's numbers, through April 30th of 2018, International League batters had hit 182 home runs. This season through uh, April 30th, 2019, they hit... 396 home runs so uh it's kind of obvious that that ball is a little juice there george i know that we talk launch angle and whatnot but the the ball (laughs) it it more than likely is i don't think there's really much doubt about that uh whether baseball did it on purpose or not that's that i don't know it could just be the manufacturing is better everything's Mm -hmm. better about how they do it and that could be that's true in all fields, right? We get better as things go on. But uh, it, it does seem to be that the ball is juiced. I just don't know why they would feel the need. You know, because one thing about a tighter baseball is also, it's also one of the reasons you can throw it harder. Mm-hmm. And you can throw it harder, you're going to get more strikeouts. Some baseball seems to want to, uh, wants to get rid of that. Rid of that. That's bad for baseball. All these strikeouts, you get, you, we're getting our three true outcomes. Walks, strikeouts, home runs. And that's mm-hmm. not really all that good for the game. So you can take that to account as well. But uh, I don't think there's any doubt. I, I, do you hear anybody arguing that's not juiced, other than Manfred, who has to argue that point of view? You know, oh, and everyone yeah. knows it's juiced. Yeah. Uh, do you think that they're going to do anything about it? I mean, is this is this a problem that needs to be addressed by baseball? Uh, if there were no other problems in baseball, sure. But baseball has other issues that I think are much more at the forefront before they tell, mm-hmm. worry about this. So, no, I don't think they're going to uh, to deal with it in any meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Does, I mean, are you more a uh, an offensive guy when it comes to baseball? Or you prefer like what do you prefer to see a slugfest or a pitcher's duel? I prefer to see a good game. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a you know it's a one nothing game. That's great. You know if it's a 15-14, that's great too. You know we all mm-hmm. like those from time from time to time. I probably prefer somewhere in the middle. I don't want to see every game be ten nine. You know, we get no pitching, no defense. I mean, uh, but I don't want to see every game be one nothing either. I like I like seeing uh, a mixture of both. There you go. All right. It also might depend uh, on where the money is. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Very important factor. So uh, when we come back, I want to talk uh, about uh, the injury. This is a, this one hits me a little personally. Uh, Jamison Tayon went on the ten day IL. We'll continue breaking down games from yesterday. Uh, later on, we'll talk a little football. Listening to fantasy sports today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire.
Oh, welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Jogalina, George Kurtz, the Fantasy Prince, Sean Angle, producing our show, keeping us flying right. We're going to try to keep the... Uh, the spirits up today. Uh, it's a good intro song from uh, Sean. Rocky like a hurricane from the Scorpions. Uh, it may not be a hurricane out here uh, in the Northeast, but uh, like I mentioned, some uh, some steady rain, you know, chilly weather. Just a, a good day to just uh, stay in bed with the covers and just listen to the Fantasy Sports uh, Radio Network all day long. So, uh, George, how would you spend your uh, Star Wars day yesterday? How did I spend my Star Wars day? Uh, we did the, uh, the show at Cam in the uh, the early afternoon, right? Then you uh, watched the Yankees lose. Uh, <laughs> then watched a whole bunch of other baseball, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And then at night went out to dinner with the wife. Nice. And then came came home, watched some more baseball and some more hockey. Mm-hmm. It was a good sports day, a good mixture of everything. Right. So no uh, Star Wars. Well, I guess it was Star Wars Day at Yankee Stadium. So I guess we could give you a little credit for that. But no others like Star Wars inspired uh, activities. Yeah, I, I am a Star Wars guy. All right, uh, I'm, I'm, I I I like over Star Wars. I'm a big uh, probably New Hope is my favorite uh, mm-hmm. over uh, Emp- over Empire Strikes Back and Revenge. As far as the new ones, they they've all been somewhat entertaining. I haven't loved mm-hmm. them uh, as much as I loved the old ones, but I'm a Star Wars guy. Sure, I know I know CC dressed up as Yoda yesterday to give out uh, <laughs> uh, to give out what the uh, the the uh, bobbleheads to the kids when they came. Yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty cool. Imagine imagine CC handing it to you if you recognized him. Uh, he yeah, was yeah. Uh, in makeup too, so it wouldn't have been easy. But then again, a big man, you might have put two and two together. Wow. But, uh, so it was uh, it was a hell of a day. I didn't know he did that. But uh, I, I'm going to miss those uh, commercials because you and I watch a lot of Yankee games, uh, you know, leading up to uh, Star Wars at Yankee Stadium. You know, they had uh, a commercial with uh, CC in the traditional, you know, robe with the uh, the hood, the brown hood. And, and he, uh, you know, would use the force to uh, pull the baseball out of uh, whatever that's floating in, in, in air. Yeah, so, I mentioned that to yeah. Cam yesterday, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool commercial. I'm gonna miss it. <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, so, I will uh, miss it. No, uh, you know, uh, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. But uh, Jameson Tayon. Yeah, this hurts me personal. I'm one of my 15-team uh, leagues. Jameson Tayon goes on the IL uh, and uh, getting a second opinion. Been uh, uh, actually had Tommy John surgery in the past. Uh, right. F- elbow flexor strain uh recent mri shows his uh recently surgically repaired ucl is still intact but uh, he is meeting with the doctor who who performed the original tommy john surgery uh just to get a second opinion Uh, for now he's not going to be throwing for four weeks so we're not going to see him at the earliest probably mid to late june yeah it doesn't look good and that's the earliest uh we'll see where this goes uh this is quickly turning into a season like every other baseball season. It's survival of the fittest. I mean, mm-hmm. can you stay healthy? Talion is more than likely an SP1, SP2 at the worst for your fantasy team. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a blow. It, it's a blow. It's not something uh, you can just go, all right, it's an injury. I'll deal with it. No, this, this hurts. It certainly mm-hmm. hurts here. Uh, obviously, it hurts the Pirates as well, but they weren't going anywhere anyway. So there's no way. Oh, I just go out and grab this guy. You, you can't replace a James Italian. Right? You can't replace right. him on your roster because we're going to get off the waiver wire or even on your bench. Probably nowhere near the talent 
of Jameson Tayon. So it's a bad break, and this won't be the last one we see. We're seeing so many players put on the, the IL for different reasons. You mentioned, is it the cold weather? Maybe. You know, but we see this sort of every year. None of this weather's not a shock. It was much worse last year. Mm-hmm, right? this, mm-hmm. this year's been actually a little better. So uh, this is not one of those injuries where they're just using a 10-day IL because it's 10 days and not 15. Right. That's not the case. You know, this is, this is a serious injury and one we're going to have to uh, – you know, hold your breath. That's not season-ending, and that's not t- going to end up being TJ. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't, I don't feel good about it either way. Because as you said, he's out until at least June, probably longer. And uh, this is an, an ace that we're missing. It's uh, this is nothing you can do about it. You just go, you shake your head, you hope you don't have another injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of analysts, including myself, were expecting a big year from him. Uh, Fourteen and ten, pitched 191 innings last year, 3.2 ERA. Uh, strikeout rate a little over eight, so uh, it is a blow to a lot of fantasy teams. But uh, we got to weather this, right? We got to just uh, do the best we can with it. But uh, all right, so let's get uh, the next game. Uh, Nationals beat the Phillies ten to eight. Nationals now fourteen and eighteen, uh, and the Phillies. 18 and 14 for the Nationals. You had uh, Brian Dozier, two for four, batting average of 194. Actually hit a home run yesterday, his fifth of the year. Uh, any other notables here? Uh, Kaboom, Carter Kaboom, two for four. Uh, good to see him because he's been struggling since being called up. Uh, shortstop, uh, big time shortstop prospect for the Nationals. Uh, Victor Robles, two for two. Batting uh, 258 on the year, hit his sixth home run. But, uh, you know, let's take a look on the Phillies side before we mention uh, the Nationals had a little injury uh, news there. Uh, Segura, Gene Segura, 3 for 5 yesterday, batting 360 for the uh, Phillies. And uh, let's see, winning pitcher in this game. Well, Doolittle got the save, right? And Sip came on and got the win and relief. But what I want to get out of the Nationals in this discussion is Juan Soto, another big name, uh, going to the IL, George. Uh, he's had uh, some back spasms. Uh, he's not going to be swinging the bat for four or five days. Not expected to be a long-term uh, uh, stay on the IL. But at the same time, Michael Taylor jammed his wrist, diving for a ball, uh, having an MRI done. Uh, supposedly the MRI is uh, just precautionary. But more injury concerns for your fantasy team. Yeah, I mean, you said this is one where it, it is minor. I think this is one of those t- let's take advantage of the 10-day DL. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he might be out the minimum. So I think, uh, yeah, he's going to swing a bat anyway. He's probably good for your fantasy team. This way you're, you're forced to take him out of your lineup, right? You don't, you're not mm-hmm. going to get screwed. They made your decision for you. Unlike mm-hmm. with Anthony, they may, have, they may have learned their lesson from Anthony Rendon when they didn't put him on the I.L., right? right. Now he ended up missing really two to three weeks from your fantasy team rather than uh, you may have gotten screwed. Because you probably ate it last week with Rendon, and you might have mm-hmm. eaten it this week, too, if you weren't paying attention and realized he was going on the I.L. on Monday. So, uh, you know, sometimes the uh, going on the I.L. is a good thing. But I don't think this is a long-term injury. Yeah, you're going to lose him uh, this week, and you, you're not going to start him next week either, but you should get him back the week after that. He'll be good. He should be fine. It's a... It's basically a sore back, a tweak back. I don't think this is an Aaron Hicks situation where, the, you know, a sore back day-to-day ends up being month-to-month. So mm-hmm. uh, I think you'll be okay. And uh, not just don't start him this week. Right, right. And uh, you bring up a good point where it's almost like, hey, you know where Soto, being on the IL, you're not going to be able to put him in your starting lineup. It's not like uh, 
you know, what's been going on with uh, Christian Yelich, where basically he's taking the week off but hasn't been on the IL. So if you put in your lineups uh, last Sunday and were a bit optimistic, you might have him uh, in your starting lineup and, and getting zero uh, production out of him. But uh, since we're talking Brewers, they beat the Mets, and you mentioned it, <laughs> in 18 innings, uh, 4-3 win. Uh, Brewers now 19-16, Mets 16-17. and 17. Uh, some some numbers here. Uh, Jeff McNeil, three for eight. <laughs> I guess that's what happen, happens when you play uh, an 18-inning game. Uh, Pete Alonso, uh, two for seven uh, uh, yesterday. Home run uh, for Alonso, his 10th of the year. So uh, good stuff out of that. Uh, Moustakis has been hot, uh, but uh, he's had just uh, one hit for in seven at-bats yesterday, but previous to that uh, had been uh, really stroking the bat pretty well. Uh, Thames in for Aguiar yesterday, but 0 for 5. Aguiar, earlier this week, George, looked like he was starting to snap out of it, right? Out of home runs in a, a couple of uh, consecutive games. So, you you know, I, I've been holding on to him. Uh, I've been benching him, but uh, I thought maybe we would see some light at the end of the tunnel. But uh, he went back, uh, you know, back on the bench. Yeah, I think, I think what you were doing was the right thing to do. I don't think I would have released him either in most leagues, but I wouldn't have played him. I would have you know, sat, sat his butt on the bench, and hopefully uh, he played his way out of it, and he figured it out. That's how mm-hmm. I would have approached that. These games last night, I mean, uh, when I say these games, I mean these long extra inning games can be a killer in head-to-head leagues. I mean, uh, Cano went, what, 0 for 8, 0 for yeah. 7, something silly like that, and that, that's, all, that's a big hit there. Uh, Robinson Cano is somebody, uh, eventually we're going to have to talk about that. Maybe he needs to, another guy that you probably can't start on your fantasy team right now. I don't know if it's all his fault. You know, he's been mm-hmm. hit on uh, what consecutive Sundays now on each hand. You know, so you know that his wrists have to be sore. And if as a, sure. as a ball player, it's the worst thing. As a hitter, I should say, mm-hmm. it's the worst thing to happen for your wrists, your hands, your fingers to not be in, uh, I don't know, not be in game shape, not be 100% because, once again, that's where your money's made. If your hands mm-hmm. don't feel good, if your wrists don't feel good, you're going to have a hard time hitting the ball. with hitting it with authority there. So that may be what's going on with Cano right now. And right now he's somebody I think if I had – I don't want to say a better option, but another option on my bench, I might want to give him this week off in a weekly lineup mm-hmm. week. I might want to give him this week off and start the other guy. I don't want to drop him. Not yet. And Cano, by the way, is also historically a slow starter. He does mm-hmm. play hit better as the weather gets warmer. That's uh, because he looked that up in his numbers, so that could be part of it as well. I don't want to give up on him, but I don't want to start him right now either. Right. Batting 248, three home runs, and 11 uh, runs batted in in the first 30 games. But great point on your part. Uh, And uh, also a great point with with these games, uh, these extra inning games, when, you know, someone takes it an 0 for 7, (laughs) it could really hurt your team uh, as well. But uh, Ryan Braun, 6 for 8 yesterday, so he had himself a day. uh, Two runs batted in as well. Uh, He did not hurt your team. No, he did not. <laughs> uh, Dominic Smith sent down the other day. What would you think of that? It's just basically, to me, it says, hey, you know, uh, get this guy some at-bats. I mean, he's been playing well when called upon, but it uh, looks like uh, he's on his way out. Yeah, Matt's going to have an interesting, uh, you know, next couple of weeks because Jed Lowry might be back next weekend. So you got to wonder, you know, too many hitters for not uh, you know enough spots on on the roster, right? I mean, so you know, Lowry comes back. Where does he play? I mean, what does that do? Like, who who loses out in that? Yeah, Todd Frazier, J.D. Davis, you know, you know and uh, unfortunate for Dominic Smith, he did everything the Mets asked, but just uh, not going to get enough at bats. 
He's a little ticked off about it, too. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, as far as Dominic Smith is concerned, yeah, he deserves to be, He should be ticked off. I mean, he's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was probably not the smart thing to send him down. He was their, pretty much their only left-handed pinch hitter, and he was playing well. Petting on mm-hmm. what, what else do you want the guy to do? I don't, I don't blame him for being upset. The Mets have jerked him around through the years. They've never really given him a shot. You know, and now this year he's hitting, and they still won't give him a shot. And I understand, where's he going to play? There's no DH in the National League. He can't play the outfield. And first base is Alonzo, who deserves to play. You know, I, I absolutely get that. But you've killed this guy. You should have traded him, and you should certainly trade him now. You know, while, while his value is, as, is decent again. You actually could get something decent for him. I found the Mets. I move him. He goes down to the minor league and sulks and doesn't do anything. You kill his value again. Mm-hmm. So if on the Mets, I'm moving them. That's the bottom line. The reason the Mets sent them down is uh, Hedgeveria could have opted, uh, opted out of his contract and left the Mets, just like Gio Gonzalez did with the Yankees. Could have done, he could have done mm-hmm. the same thing. And the Mets didn't want that. So they promoted him to the active roster. But as you said, this makes very little sense. Because my guess would be when Larry is active, it's Hedgeveria who goes bye-bye. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess, unless, it, unless it's Davis. You know, maybe it's that. But, you know, we questioned the Lowry signing in the offseason for the Mets because we wondered, okay, when everyone's healthy, where's everyone playing? Right, right. You're going to have a lot of veteran guys here who who deserve to play or want to play who now aren't playing. Todd Frazier shouldn't be playing, but the Mets are playing him. Once again, he's the the veteran benefit of the doubt, even though that really went away a couple of years ago. He's he's nowhere near the player he used to be, but the Mets keep playing Todd Frazier. And Mm -hmm. really, any of these guys should probably be playing above Todd Frazier. So that's an issue, you know. So right now the Mets have. Uh, this is why I always worry, you know, when teams sign these veterans or they keep the veteran players. Yeah, it sounds great on paper. Oh, look at look at the depth we have here. But if when you don't have injuries and everyone is healthy, someone's not going to be happy. In the Mets' case, mm-hmm. it's going to be more than one. Than one someone. It's going to be some ones, some people, more than one are not going to be right. happy. Especially when someone like Todd Frazier is remaining in the lineup. Todd Frazier batting one sixty two. <laughs> All right, this is at the bank yeah. two thirteen of uh, two years prior. Right? Yeah. He's just not very good anymore. You know, mm-hmm. even the year before he was two twenty five. He hasn't batted above two twenty five now in four years. Mm-hmm. All right, and so I mean, he should go. He's he's not a major league ball player anymore. He's not. But the Mets will keep him on because he's Todd Frazier because he has name value. Mm-hmm. He has veterans, so they'll keep him. So uh, you know, and he's Ian Davis is be- is better. Smith is better. You know, Lowry is a better player. These are all better players than Frazier. So uh, it's going to be a problem the Mets are going to have to address. And eventually, I do wonder. I do wonder if the Mets are going to have to say, you know, hey, Todd, you know, we'll show you the door. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do wonder that. He is of the last year of his uh, two-year, $17 million contract. So I pay him, what, 9.5, that 9, 8.5 a year. All right, so it's already a month in. So you've already shaved off about a million, million and a half of that. You're going to have to eat this eventually. I, I don't see any trade value with Todd Frazier. You're not going to be able to move him. Mm-hmm. No one's going to take on that kind of money and uh, players not performing. So I yeah. do wonder eventually if the Mets are going to eat it, but I don't think they'll eat it, Joe. I don't think they'll eat it when Lowry comes back. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I love Todd Frazier, good clubhouse guy, good rah-rah guy on the, on the, uh, on the, on the dugout steps, you know, always really into the game, but you're right. I mean, you know, the stats don't lie. Uh, so he, he really has fallen off, but, uh, and I agree with you. It's, going to be tough if the Mets try to move him in a trade. It's just uh, there's just going to be no value there. So uh, I guess we'll see. But uh, as uh, we have a couple of minutes uh, left before our next break, uh, let's start talking Giants beating the Reds 9-2. to uh, The Reds uh, released Matt Kemp 
uh, batting 200, one home run, uh, five ribbies, and 60 at-bats. Last season, had a nice season for the Dodgers in 462 at-bats, 290, 21 home runs, 85 ribbies. Uh, at 34 years old, batting 200, uh, you think maybe it just uh, was a bad landing spot for him? Do you think he still has potential value for another team? Uh, any uh, potential landing spots uh, for Matt Kemp? You know, I was looking, uh, Pirates are 15 and 15. <laughs> you think they might, uh, they, the, the offense is pretty uh, pretty miserable. You think that they might look at any, any teams that come to mind that might be a decent landing spot for uh, Kemp? Little surprise they released him so quickly. You know, when I see this, I sort of ask the question, why? Why was he released? You know, uh, not that he was supposed to be a big part of their team. He wasn't. But why did they release him? You know, uh, yeah, we know he's overpaid. He's been overpaid for years now. They they took on the contract in a, in a, in a trade deal. Uh, yes, he was only hitting 200. And he wasn't doing anything. But he wasn't playing much either. You know, uh, so... You know, uh, he's on, he's on the IL with the with the rib injury. Well, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just something something smells fishy here for me. That being said, do I think he'll land with another team? Sure, he'll clear waivers. Mm-hmm. So if someone else will get him, you know, veteran minimum. Hell, if this would have been three weeks ago, the Yankees might be that team, right? Sure. They, those, yeah, they, yeah. they were desperate for outfield help. Very well, could have been the Yankees. He's not healthy mm-hmm. now. Clint Frazier is due back tomorrow, so that's probably not going to happen. But uh, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have surprised me. It wouldn't have surprised me in the least here. So. Uh, yeah, I think he'll land with somebody. If you're asking me who, well, you know, you got to wait till he's healthy. Yeah, it's not going to be anybody for the next week. Once he's healthy, then we'll see what injuries are happening there. But I think he will end up with somebody, even if it's just a right-handed bat on the bench. Mm. All right, we'll continue breaking down action in Major League Baseball from yesterday. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Classic tune from the 80s. Little Van Halen jump. Pitcher David Lee Roth doing those splits on that uh, video there, George Kurtz. Listen to Fantasy Sports Today, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. David Lee Roth was cool back then. (laughs) That was one of my favorite, still is one of my favorite songs uh, by Van Halen. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny when Gabe's talking about You don't think it's too pop? No, no. I don't think it's too pop. Uh, when Gabe was talking about the Burger King, pissed me. When I first saw it, I thought this was a joke. <laughs> I thought someone was fooling yeah. around. I think I, I think I saw it on Twitter. I thought someone, uh-huh. whatever I saw, social. I thought someone was just fooling around. I didn't realize this was a true thing until hours later. I'm like, what? They really called me a pissed meal? I mean, yeah. uh, wow, that's uh, that's something I wasn't expecting anybody to do to uh, use some kind of a term like that to do for a meal. And I, let's figure a restaurant where kids go to, and stuff like that. So uh, I don't know, different. I think I think uh, Gabe's right though. The angry wop it does does sound a little bit better than a kind of absolutely a, yeah. 
Can I have a piss meal? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold on. Let me let me okay. go let me go back and I'll uh, fix it for you. Right. That just says it sounds terrible. I mean, but uh, I think I think Gabe's got a great point. That the angry whopper does sound good. Can I have an angry whopper, please? That, that, that sounds good. You know, I, I, I'm not going into Burger King uh, and going, "Hey, can I have a pissed meal?" No, no, it doesn't. Uh, doesn't do it for me. I think. Uh, yeah. I think they might want to check out that marketing strategy. Oh yeah, yeah. I agree some pretty. With that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, but some... uh, the only people that are going to find that appealing are those that have survived out in the wild and have just basically drunk their own piss in order to survive <laughs> out in the woods. They're going to find that appealing, but nobody else will. Yeah, some some strange decisions uh, from some probably uh, some uh, pretty high paid uh, marketing executives over at Burger King. Uh, so yeah, I think they they need to rethink that strategy. But a uh, good point there, <laughs> Sean. <laughs> yeah, not many people uh, uh, will be uh, find that appealing to have a piss meal over at, uh, at Burger King. Ooh, all right. So uh, we we were before we went to commercial, we were talking a little Reds uh, Giants action. Uh, like Reds uh, beat the Giants nine to two. Yasiel Puig three for four, uh, two runs batted in. Uh, got his average over two hundred. George uh, batting two oh seven. Uh, Eugenio Suarez eighth home run. Uh, the aforementioned uh, the Puig hit his fifth home run. This guy Derek Dietrich just keeps on hitting the ball out. Uh, eight home runs. I mean, it was this guy. This is power for real. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, we talked about the juice ball. Maybe just another example. A guy that the other day, Kettle Marte uh, hit two home runs. I think Friday night he's up to nine. So I mean, it's almost like uh, these Brady Anderson clones are coming out of the closet this year. It seems. But uh, uh, Nick Senzel hit his first home run. George. I see. I went Rob too. Should have had two yesterday. Saw uh, that. Yeah. 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 For Senzel. So uh, listen, Senzel. I assume he's not. Available, but if he is, you go out and grab him. You absolutely go out and grab him. Uh, outfield, mm-hmm. Playing outfield. The only thing I was worried about with Senzel wasn't so much uh, his offense. He's going to hit, especially in that ballpark. And, uh, you know, one thing, wait till all these home runs. It's The weather's not even nice yet. Wait till the weather heats up oh, in the summer. Boy. You think yeah. you're seeing home runs now, boys and girls. Oh, my God. Once, once mm-hmm. the weather heats up and that ball travels even further, you're going to get a lot more home runs if, the, everything, if everything's going to keep up the pace here. But since that was going to hit, uh, we're, it plays in the Great American Small Park. We know that. The ball flies out of there to all fields. This is not like mm-hmm. Fenway where it's left field, Yankee Stadium where it's right field. You know, this is everywhere. The ball flies out of that ballpark. So you want Senzel. He's going to hit. What I was worried about more was his defense. You know, this is a converted uh, – he came up as, a, as an infielder, mainly a third baseman. They moved him short, second, and now he's going to play outfield. You know, that's what you're really worried about. They jerked him around on his defense uh, too much there. You know, we had to give him too much to think about. Doesn't seem to be the problem here. He might have made the team out of, out of the spring. I don't think so, but might have. But the ankle injury set him back. He's healthy now. If he's available, you go out and get him. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and uh, there's another guy, uh, Josh Van Meter. I uh, hope I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. But per John Heyman of MLB Network, uh, he should be getting promoted to the big leagues uh, uh, soon. No exact timetable, but I'm thinking that within the next couple of days, if Heyman reported it. Uh, this guy's played everywhere. It's going to be interesting to see uh, where he's going to be eligible. His main uh, position is second base. And, of course, uh, you know, the Reds still waiting on uh, Scooter Jeanette to come back. But uh, this guy's played first ba- throughout his minor league career, first base, second base, shortstop, third base, 
outfield. It's like that Bugs Bunny <laughs> cartoon, you know? Uh, first base, Bugs Bunny. Second base, Bugs Bunny. Well, anyway, uh, so in uh, 106 at-bats so far this year, 346 batting average in the minor leagues, 13 home runs, 31 runs better than five stolen bases. If you look at his uh, overall minor league numbers, triple slash of 263, 341, 400, but it looks like he's really turned it on, George, uh, within the past couple of years. So I guess the key for him is getting off to a hot start once he does get uh, called up just so that uh, they keep his bat in the lineup. Uh, yes, that, that's always the key for any rookie, by the way. He's got to hit because they generally don't have much patience. Now, once again, this is not a top, top prospect, so they won't have patience. You know, he's got to hit now. Uh, he's, he is expected to be called up from uh, AAA. You mentioned John Hamer reported, so did several others. So uh, he's, been, he's been crushing the ball at Louisville. I mean, absolutely mm-hmm. crushing it uh, with the what, yeah, 346, 432, 757 is the slash line, uh, 13 home runs, 29 games. Uh, I would think he plays second base for Peraza, who has not played very well. But mm-hmm. uh, we, as you said, the Reds haven't announced anything. But I would think I don't think they've called this kid up to stay on the bench. That never makes any sense to me. I think he's going right, to play, right. and I would assume it's at second base. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's where he's eligible anyway for your fantasy teams. That's the only place you can really put him there. What can you expect from him? Once again, uh, if you have Peraza, yeah, you, you'd rather have uh, Von Meter. If you Maybe if you have Robertson Cano, we just talked about. Give Von Meter mm-hmm. a shot. He's do, doing well in the, uh, the minors. Give him a shot this week. Like I said, you don't really want to start Cano right now anyway. I think he needs time to heal those hands and hit. Maybe the weather to warm up a little bit and hit a little bit. And I, don't think, I don't think the weather this week, although a little warmer in New York. I don't even know where the Mets play, by the way, offhand. Uh, but I, don't, I think the weather's going to be wet this week in New York as well. So once again, not a great hitting week here. So uh, like I, said, I think he's a guy you want to give a shot to. But like I said, this is not this is not Vladimir Guerrero being called up. This is not Fernando Tatis being called up. Oh my God, or, or Nick Senzel for that matter. I got to get this guy on my team. No, he's not that. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. not that. He is a, uh, a he's a minor league guy who's hitting well and getting a shot. Maybe he uh, tears the cover off the ball. Maybe he doesn't. You know, he's not mm-hmm. a must add. But if you have a need at second base, I don't mind go out and grab him. But he's also not a guy tonight, Joe and Fab. I'm not. I'm not breaking the bank for him. I might break right, the bank right. for Senzel. You know, I might spend a decent amount here. Outfielder, he's much more valuable. Senzel is much more valuable than Von Meter mm-hmm. is. Yep, yep. I agree with you on that. Uh, and just in general, I think we've touched upon this in the past shows, but uh, as of yesterday, as a team, the Reds played in that uh, great hitter's park. Triple slash of 212, 290, 387. So 212 batting average, 290 OBP, 387 slugging. And, and Scott Schebler batting 123. Uh, Puig just got his average just over 200. But he is, a, you know, we've spoken about Joey Votto in the past. Uh, coming into yesterday's action, 217, three home runs. Uh, led off yesterday. I think he actually stole the base. But let me ask you a question. Uh, looking at his yesterday, and I had to do a double take because he had a 320 OBP. When's the last time? That's that's one of his strong points. Other than, you know, in the past, he was, you know, a perennial 25 to 30 home run guy and high batting average. But, you know, you can always count on him for a 400 OBP, 320. Yeah, I think it's fair to wonder right now if Joey Votto's done. You know, I wow. think that's fair. It's been it's been a couple of years now yeah. where he's been underperforming here, so I think mm-hmm. it's fair to wonder if he's done. You know, listen, Joey Votto is not young. You know, this is not. Oh my, he's twenty eight. What's going on here? You know, well, mm-hmm. why isn't he hitting? You know, didn't he didn't have the good year last year, right? We we I sort of gave him a pass last year because he had some injuries, had the knee injury, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, you know that that could be a problem. 
you know, stay with them all year. Maybe that's why, you know, you know last year, if you look at his numbers, he hit 284. I mean, it's a nice year, but for, for Joey Votto, it's 40 points off what he usually does. He mm-hmm. had 12 home runs. He had 36, 29, 29 the three years before that. This year, it's more of the same. You know, he's got three home runs. He has five RBIs. You mentioned he's batting 213. You know, and his OBP maybe what really sticks out the most. He's always over 400. Always over 400. Yeah, yeah. He's at 325. Yeah, which means mm-hmm. he's not seeing the ball well. As I mentioned, this is not a young kid. He'll be 36 in September. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know, you know, in the non-steroid era now, at least what we think is the non-steroid era, 35 is really, uh, you know, that's the new 40. You know, that's mm-hmm. where guys really, mm-hmm. they start to lose it now. 33, 34, the bat speed slows down, skills slow down. He'll be 36. So I, mm-hmm. think, it, I think it's very fair to wonder with Joey Votto. Uh, is he done? You know, I think I mentioned uh, for a column I wrote that he's no longer a top 10 first baseman, which coming into the oh, season, he's top five. Not. He's not yeah. even top 10 anymore. You know, he's not mm-hmm. a first baseman anymore. He's a corner infielder for your team. And right mm-hmm. now, he's – I don't think he's playable right now, Joe, because really when you look at your fantasy team, what does he add to your team? What, what is he adding to your team right now? Average sucks. <laughs> OBP right. is okay if you're in an OBP league, it's, but it's not Joey mm-hmm. Votto. It's not what you want him for. He doesn't steal any bases, never has, never had uh, really speed, other than when he first mm-hmm. really came up. So right now, he's another guy. He's a, he's a name value player only. He's a guy mm-hmm. you might want to put him out there in your trade, see if anybody will trade for the name value or someone believes mm-hmm. he'll turn it around. Because I just don't know if – where I believe Cano will turn it around because I think he, he is more because of the, the hand injuries and the weather. I don't feel right, the same you brought with, a good uh, point. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think Joey Vile is the same thing. I don't think Joey mm-hmm. Vile is turning it around. Right. Uh, not droppable, of course, because as soon as you drop him, somebody will, will pick him up. But, you know, uh, another couple of weeks like this, maybe. You know, if, if you put him out there and there's no interest at all, you never know, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's upsetting to see you know you know a superstar like that uh, just drop off so quickly. Not a Hall of Fame player, and you because I know that you're. Uh, it's a kind of a rhetorical rhetorical kind of question for you because I know you're a tough grader. Is he a, a Hall of Fame player for you? Oh man, I I have to look at his career stats. Is he a Hall? And then once again, this is the thing when I ha- when I say that I have to look at his career stats, that probably means no to me. Mm-hmm. Because I think Hall of Fame players should be pretty much no doubt. I do, I do admit that uh, with, without looking at his stats, without really uh, doing a, uh, you know, uh, a deep dive, I mm-hmm. would have to say he's borderline for me. You know, and that, have to say generally, no. Generally, generally, if you're borderline I, for me, that's no. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're a tough grader than I am, but I'm looking at you know, uh, seventeen hundred fifty-two hits. Uh, the three oh nine batting average is nice, uh, but two hundred seventy two home runs. Basically, you know, one of the top players in the league for a short period of time, but I think a little too short. And you know, without at least the three thousand hits or four hundred plus uh, home runs, you know. But uh, hey, uh, Harold Baines made it. But didn't Harold Baines make it to the uh, the Hall of Fame this no, year? So let, I guess you never know about that. <laughs> that, that that that's just it. Oh yeah, I'm looking at his. Uh, I'm on Baseball Reference now, looking at his stats. Mm-hmm. You just put, put, uh, brought it all up. Uh, they're worse. They're worse mm-hmm. than I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they're worse than I thought. The only reason you're putting him I'm in sure. there, the only Hall, of, the only Hall of Fame number he has is average and uh, an OBP. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, the, his OPS yeah. is 952 is good as well. But other than that, mm-hmm. uh, I would have thought he had more hits. I didn't realize. Yeah, I would have thought it would have been over 2,000. Yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, mm-hmm. uh, that that this is an easy no for me. He's not a Hall of Famer. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, we have uh, about five minutes before we go to commercial. Uh, let's take a quick look at the box score for two powerhouses, George. Uh, Royals 15, Tigers 3. Lots of uh, fantasy goodness out of the Royals team for yesterday. Whit Merrifield, uh, 2 for 4, hit a home run. Uh, Alberto Mondesi, uh, 2 for 4, uh, 3 ribbies. Now batting 284. Alex Gordon hit a home run. Three for five. Five runs batted in. It just goes on and on. I mean, when you score 15 runs, Hunter Dozier, two for four. Now batting 346. Jorge Soler, you know, it's just been noticing that lately he's been uh, smacking the ball. Uh, he's only batting 254, but he's been hot over the past few days. Three for six yesterday with uh, two ribbies. So uh, Gutierrez, four for six. Now batting 344. Uh, of these two teams, I mean, uh, you know, there's actually is some fantasy goodness, but the guy that sticks out to me for the Tigers, who uh, obviously got demolished yesterday, a guy like Matthew Boyd. Uh, and, uh, of course, he's probably widely owned by this point, but when you look at what he's doing Friday night, uh, seven Ks, two and runs a walk, 3.05 ERA, won his third game. Uh, among league leaders in soft contact allowed and top 10 in contact rate, the guy just misses bats this year, uh, has been getting better the past couple of seasons. Uh, using a slider more past couple of seasons, taking something off of it velocity-wise, probably on purpose, uh, laying off the curve a little bit as well. But uh, what are your thoughts on Matthew Boyd? Do you think he's a good uh, trade target? I know that he plays for, uh, you know, for lack of a better description, a crappy team. (laughs) It's not going to get many wins. But when it comes to, you know, this whole uh, issue with uh, the live ball, whatever, the fact that he allows soft contact and misses bats uh, makes him, to me, an attractive uh, ad. Oh, I agree. Mm. I agree. You know, uh, I think he's going. I think he will be dealt. We already know with Detroit Tigers. They already said they don't plan on spending money until twenty one, twenty two, which lets you know they're in a major, major rebuild. And I bring that up because, well, it's two thousand nineteen. You know, twenty one, twenty two is two to three years away. Boyd is twenty eight now. I mean, they're not going. They're not worried about him being great when he's thirty, thirty one. They're not holding on, holding out hope for that. They're not. So they will move him. All right, he's on a he's on a one year contract. So he avoided arbitration by signing a two point six million dollar deal. So uh, they got to worry about that. The Tigers that he's uh you know arbitration is about oh he'll be a free agent. I would be shocked if he's not traded. Uh, I would assume by the deadline, but maybe in the offseason. I think he'll be one of the more attractive pieces. You know, I uh, I think almost any team. Right, we, every team needs starting pitch. So he'll have many, many they'll, they'll have many, many suitors. I think uh, Marcus mm-hmm. Stroman, we could say the same thing about him. Maybe even Aaron Sanchez at the Blue Jays, although they're playing a little bit better than we thought right now. But uh, Stroman's been lights out for uh, the Blue Jays. So I think he'll be up there as well. But uh, Boyd, Stroman, several other guys, yeah, you, we're going to hear be hearing a lot about these guys in June and July. And mm-hmm. I think uh, depending on how the market goes, and I expect the market to be strong starting pitching, they, they should return a nice bounty. For the Tigers, for the Blue Jays, where they can get a blue chip prospect there. You know, uh, with some other prospects as well, but I mean, they, can get, they should be able to get one really good guy you would think they can get for these guys. So, yeah, to answer your question, I think Boyd is, uh, is, will be moved. Fantasy-wise, that would be a boon for your fantasy team more than likely. Yeah. Now, yes, he, yeah. he pitches in Detroit, and Detroit's a great pitcher's ballpark or a good pitcher's ballpark. And you might worry that he goes to you know, Yankee Stadium with the, uh, the short porch or Fenway with the, uh, the monster. I don't think he'll see either one of those teams. We can get my point. Uh, he'll mm-hmm. lose some value there, but whatever value he might lose in ratios – he should gain in W's because whichever team he goes to has to be a better team in Detroit, doesn't it? Has to be. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think Boyd, uh, 
I, I like Boyd. I do like Boyd. I think he does get dealt, though. You don't like him in Yankee Stadium as a lefty? I'm just saying it'll hurt his value. I mean, it will. He's not He's not a 95-mile-per-hour throw. They will hit him. But the Yankees won't be right. trading for him, so it doesn't matter. Right. Okay. Well, we come back uh, for hour number two. Continue breaking down uh, Major League Baseball Saturday schedule and how it affects your fantasy team. Listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. A little NFL action later, too.